Hi, I'm Mary B. Seyfried, and welcome to the Unsuitable Podcast. Today, I have my friend Pablo Moreno on the show. He is a freelance photographer. You can follow him on Instagram at Pablo Saw These. That's one word, and uh, the spelling for that will be in the show notes, just in case you can't understand my diction. Um, He is a server at a celebrity chef's restaurant in the very trendy Soho neighborhood of New York. Um, He's also in school right now studying business. I'm really excited for you all to hear from him, so here we go. Hi, Pablo. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mary Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm very glad that you had the night off. So also thank you to your managers for giving you a great schedule. Thank you to my managers for uh, letting me have a job <laughs> and for letting me have this night off. Yes, we're very grateful to the managers of the restaurant where I used to work and Pablo still works. And we won't name. And we will not name the restaurant or the managers <laughs> because that's... Its own thing. Also, I, uh, a, a quick shout out to, to Chad. Chad, hello. Yes, Chad, the sound editor for this show, also used to work at said restaurant. Um, that's how we all met. Um, so, yes, shout out to Chad. Hey, Chad. And thank <laughs> you for making us sound amazing when we actually sound kind of derpy. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking for myself. Pablo, you sound great. Oh, no, no. Once I put on the headphones, I, yeah, definitely derp. (laughs) Well, speaking of derpy, uh, would you tell me about a time that you felt unsuitable? Yes. So, um, again, I remember when you asked me this question and it was, um, it was the first, the first image that popped into my head was uh, actually a, a photograph of me in a an art opening in Buenos Aires, in Buenos Aires, Argentina, in um, 2009, mm-hmm. I believe. I forget how old I was. And um, in this photograph, you see this this tall, lanky, awkward me looking back. Surprisingly, that uh, at the camera, I didn't know I was I was getting my picture taken, but. Um, so from that photo, it it you you can you can pretty much tell how that night went. Um, <laughs> the the backstory of that was uh, I was visiting um, family, and um, my cousin, who was a uh, art director for this school slash art gallery, was having an opening for one of her students, and she invited me to come along and. Uh, this was uh, this trip to Argentina was you know the first big trip I had by myself, so it was like really cool to uh, get out and do things solo and you know uh, experiencing new things and uh, yeah, and she said, hey, if you have a, if you're free this night, you should come by. It's cool, young people, it'll be drinks, awesome, come by. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I can do that, and uh, uh, I went. Um, first time taking the metro anywhere in any country. First mm-hmm. time, a lot of first. Uh, that trip it was really really fun. So uh, I get to this art gallery. I, I meet my my cousin, and um, and I think for the first ten to fifteen minutes, it was like really cool. I was like, oh wow, this is mm-hmm. this is really interesting. You know, here I am, no parents. This is. This is a really cool event. 
And then, and then she disappeared because she was again. She was the art director, so she had to mingle with with everyone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then I was I was uh, you know left alone. And at that time, I, I guess I wasn't very social. Mm-hmm. So um, all I could do was just pace around looking at the art. And it was a small show, so <laughs> there wasn't a lot of art to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was wine. Mm-hmm. Many art shows have, you know, sometimes they have drinks. And I, at that time, I didn't drink wine, mm-hmm. but I needed to have something in my hand. Right. Uh, so I, I had this horrible, disgusting red wine, which is probably good, but, you but know. But to I you. Yeah. Yeah, at the time. So just walking around and sipping yeah. this horrible wine. And then, you know, I speak Spanish, but not as fluent to the point that, you know, I'm confident to engage with other people. Right. There's plenty of people there. Right. And um, I just felt out of place, uh, kept pacing around. And, and, and being that she was a big part of this event, she had to stay till the end. Yeah. You know, and she wanted to hang out. You know, she was like, okay, we'll do the event and then we'll go get some food. This event was like two hours and a half of <laughs> me just pacing. And, and sometimes she'd come over and... And asked me how uh, how I liked it, and introduced me to someone. And in in the you know trying to bring someone over, start the conversation, and then she would slowly back out so that I could have a conversation. Right. But no, that wouldn't happen. My my Spanish wouldn't um, carry me through funny jokes. Right. Or like nuanced commentary about art. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd just be like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I live in in Florida, <laughs> and uh, how do you know the artist? Uh-huh. You know, and and then and then they just like slowly be like, oh, let me, oh, let let me, I got a thing over here, <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, no, please go go, and then they go and so yeah, there was uh, there was a very, I felt super out of place, and again, in this this moment of of you know being in Argentina by myself and being open. This was a huge letdown. <laughs> it's like, is this what it's like? It's like to be on your own? Yeah. Just flailing yeah. in really uncertain social situations. Yeah. So so luckily um, that ended. <laughs> and uh, and we got food. We went and got food and, and, and talked about how awkward it was, actually. Cause I, I, she asked me, did you have oh, fun? Okay. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it was nice, but, you know, I can't. I can't really recall anything else than, you know, the three paintings I would specifically stand in front. Like, I really knew what I would, like, I was thinking about it, you know, for <laughs> uh, two hours. Right. But. And this was, I mean, you, it's not like you had probably a smartphone you could oh, escape no. to. Oh, no, no, to no. To be like, oh, wait, yeah, I just. Yeah, no, no. Make you look busy and important. No, this. Uh, nope, you the, were just there in it. Yeah, and that's why I like the picture because the picture, it's uh, it's like it's like someone called me and I didn't turn my body completely. I just turned my head, <laughs> and and they took the picture. And that face of like, what am I doing here? <laughs> was was pretty much that whole night. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, was that your so you you were born in Argentina? Was that your first time back in Argentina? Oh yeah, I was born. Since you moved? No, I was. Yeah, I was born in Argentina and um, and left fairly young. But that was 
the third time. Oh, okay. So the first two times were with with family, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't till later on that we were able to go all together as a family because of uh, financial struggles. Right. You know, uh, the 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 whole um, immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Leaving uh, my my parents taking us out of the country really young, and then starting to build um, a future for us, a future for them. So going back was was not a plan. Okay. You know. Yeah. Could you uh, walk us through how that went for you? Go. Um, your dad was a pastor in Argentina, mm-hmm. and then once y'all immigrated to Florida as well, mm-hmm. um, and. Can you just kind of talk us through how that was for you? Yeah, my um, so my dad had um, my dad had a church in Buenos Aires mm-hmm. um, that he built we with his hands. You know, it was it was brick by brick. I remember, um, and it's it's funny. Okay, so when someone says, uh, I remember when I was a kid, and then we always wonder how how young were we that this this is a valid memory mm-hmm. you know but for me it was what i find in, interesting is that since i left when i was 5 you know that's a huge change so you mm-hmm. you kind of do remember something completely different mm-hmm. so i can I, I feel like i do have memories of of being 3 mm-hmm. 2 um so i do have memories of of carrying shovels around and playing with wheelbarrows, mm-hmm. trying to uh, get this church built. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we built that uh, that church. We stayed there for, I think, two years. And then um, it, was a, it, was, it was an interesting um, move. Uh, my father did a lot of trips. He wanted to uh, set up a home base before we all went. So, um, when he was in, this was night between mid 91 to early 92 is when he was fixing everything. For y'all to go to the, to the States, come to the States. Yeah. So when he finally got everything together, uh, he had, he was attending a church in, in Miami beach. I can't remember the name of it at the time. I think it was a Lutheran church mm-hmm. and, uh, Everything lined up. He got an apartment, and the church provided everything. Like they mm-hmm. provided furniture and clothes, everything. And then that's when my, you know, dad pulled the trigger, and you know, let's let's get everyone to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved in, in mid '92 to uh, Miami. Um, again. This this church that he I don't know if he was a deacon or co pastor, mm-hmm. um, but I remember uh, the church being a, a big part of my beginnings in this country because it's it's how we got along, mm-hmm. you know integration and uh, you know yeah we did school but it was Sunday school first mm-hmm. you know so meeting other Hispanics and Americans. Um, and then, and then my dad, my, I mean, my dad's always been in the church. Um, he, 
he he did seminary uh, here in the states actually mm-hmm. um and i think in from from early churches to later on he always had a you know a big role in um in the church mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you growing up with a pastor for a dad being um somewhat behind the scenes like knowing what's going on mm-hmm. um but again not really the focus you know i think everyone or every preacher's kid knows that you're under a spotlight mm-hmm. um and i didn't see that until when we decided to start our own church where um there was this group in a neighboring town that was gathering i think it was close to 10 15 people that you know would do bible study mm-hmm. together and um they just needed leadership mm-hmm. and someone else from from this church that we were attending had tried to start it to to get it going um but felt like there was a lack of commitment from the group so they you know bailed out and then they reached out to my dad and but as a go getter you know so he's mm-hmm. like yeah let's do it it was like an hour drive from where we lived so we would do this early sunday service with this small group at someone's house mhm and then you know the late sunday at our regular church okay so it was it was interesting around this time because it started becoming, you know, church was was everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there was regular church, there was this new church, there was Wednesday night service, there was youth service. Mhm. So there was there was a lot. There was a lot of church. And then on top of that, you know, um what I'm very grateful for as far as moral fiber is mm-hmm. um my my parents would would get us together at the house and um we would you know go over i forget the name of this book but it was a christian book that would have uh stories and i guess parables mm-hmm. and there was always this one game uh which was like what would you do mm-hmm. if you were and then it give you the situation mm-hmm. and then we would answer and you know through the teachings of i guess of of the bible we would learn right from wrong mm-hmm. or and i didn't i think it it was less teachings of the bible it was it was good mix of bible and just reality mm-hmm. right cuz i always felt like when 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 you're too you know strict too this is what the bible says you know as as a younger person it's less interesting or it's mm-hmm. you know when when you're just talked to about something or talked to about something you know with the assistance of you know stuff from the bible then it makes more sense yeah because you know growing up you know i was always christian and i guess religious but you know you're a kid so how how serious can you be about things until someone puts it in 
mm-hmm. you know, like they're talking to you. You know, they're not telling you do what the Bible says, rather do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And through being in the church and, and, you know, going over these things, you know, you'd find a middle point. And I felt like these, these, these teachings and these times that we had together of coming up with um, real life situations, you know, really sculpted who I am mm-hmm. and how I see what's fair and I guess how to act really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It helps when it's contextualized, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what the Bible says, but what about when I'm living my everyday life, which seems, I mean, when you're even for me now, to be honest, right. but especially when you're growing up, it can be really difficult to connect this like book about life in like ancient Israel mm-hmm. to what's happening to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, in your modern everyday life. Do you feel like your church experience was very, um, I don't know, you, you sounded like you were pretty engaged during that time. Um, but I know that we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You kind of started to fade out as mm-hmm. you got older. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting to, to move from going to church and taking part of church to being church, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, once my dad, uh, took over as pastor of this group, <clears throat> Um, we started taking roles, um, I don't want administrative roles, you know, like, uh, so it's my dad, my mom, and their four children, and we all had something to do in the mm-hmm. church. It was, it, it stopped being, we're going to church, mm-hmm. sing uh, the songs, um, uh, you know, listen to the sermon. I I had various roles, mm-hmm. a couple of ones that were actually counterproductive to going to church because, um, okay, so to to put it in uh, perspective here, so I would um, I'd be the sound guy mm-hmm. uh, for a while. My uh, the church that we had was renting. Um, a church space mm-hmm. from uh, an American Lutheran um, congregation. And so they'd do it, their service fairly early, and there'd be an hour, and then we'd get there. Mm-hmm. And this was beautiful. It was a beautiful church. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it had the stage. It had the, on the top side, there was the, um, the knobs and everything for the sound. Mm-hmm. So I took on that role. Uh, and it was it was it was fun. I was I would say I was engaged in church, but it was um, okay. So the extent of of my duties were put in the CDs mm-hmm. for for the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure it doesn't go to the next track. You know, make sure the volumes are right. Make sure that there's a because there wasn't no there wasn't a live band. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, okay. like two people that sang really well on the stage and then and then me with with the with the knobs and right. then DJ Pablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say DJ sleeps a lot because <laughs> what I would do is I would 
I would set everything. It's it's all automated. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just have everything <laughs> set, uh-huh. and and then I would I would lay under my chair and use the the legs of the chair as a pillow, and I'd fall asleep. Uh huh. So when the last song, you know, so in this particular church, it would be you know everyone gets in, hello, they 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 do the music, and then uh, quick. Q&A, you know, how is mm-hmm. everyone doing? Who should we pray for? And then the sermon. So around the Q&A is when, like, I decided to take a nap. And I, this this was, I would, I wouldn't time it. I think I'd just fall asleep and hope I got up because right after the sermon, uh-huh. there's the call to the front. Right. And then I had to play the one CD with, like, the really mellow music. The, right, with, like, right little chimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to time my naps um, between the, the Q&A and the calling people up, which is horrible. It's, you know, you know why go to church to sleep? I know. <laughs> so, but this was, this was still, it, see, it was interesting because I was still being, I was still young and I was being forced to go to church. Um, I want to say I was forced going to church, but... Uh, was I a believer? Yes, I believed in God. Did I have an idea on how to walk the earth as a son of God? Yeah, I had a, yeah, you know, do good. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, so, this, what I'm saying is church at that age wasn't, didn't exist for me. Mm-hmm. This was being part of 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 the organization mm-hmm. was complete detachment. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sleeping. Um, it it just became something I did on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then shortly after, around high school or at so after high school, we started driving, and it became optional. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then. And and I guess that's a key, you know, think about a, a key point in one's life with the church, that mm-hmm. everything that happened before should lead up to your decision. Is mm-hmm. this something you want to continue? Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it it really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never I never really had an you know this really close attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like believe you me like my family is very i want to say religious but you know very deep in their relationships they're uh, with god mm-hmm. um and then very very open in a way to um i guess accept uh, my decision to not continue mm-hmm. to go um it was it was it was interesting, you know. I just just to touch back on, on uh, you know, why I picked sleeping over mm-hmm. you know waking up and getting ready on a Sunday to go to church. Um, I I always wondered how the kids that were going to these youth meetings, like I always wondered if if they were, you know, being forced. Mm-hmm. Or I wondered 
what is it that attracts them to this? Mm. You know, because I wasn't sure, you know, I, I guess I, there has to be a connection between the relationship and the religious and then your beliefs. And I guess to this day, I, I still don't really mm. know whether there was that disconnection you know, maybe they're, they're, my parents should have been more tougher about me staying in, in the church. Um, but I don't know, many, many factors come into play when, when one, uh, you know, decides what the church holds for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being a pastor's kid was uh, seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, seeing the the politics, um, seeing the like the the nasty stuff, you know. Yeah. So it was like being part of drama, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, seeing that your parents are part of drama, of course, there was so many moments, mm-hmm. uh, ups and downs. Yeah. You know, you know when uh, the pastor has to deal with things or. The pastor's wife, the pastor's kids have to be a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and it's I don't know it's difficult. I uh, I think I saw a lot of I don't want to say hate, just dislike for for people for what they would do. Um, I guess to my parents, mm. my parents, um, as an example, uh, my parents really helped um, a lot of our churchgoers when it came to um, helping them get their, their paperwork to become illegal in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, to become legal. To become legal. Yes. Um, <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of, uh, illegal uh, immigrants would uh, it was most of the church was mm-hmm. the immigrants and uh they would they would get help from my dad mm-hmm. um cuz my dad you know he did it he did all the legal stuff back in the early 90s you know citizenship all that right um so he had an idea of what he was doing and every time uh they th- um these people would ask my father he would he would try to help them and he did he helped many people get their papers and and get everything in order but a lot of them would would go through that mm-hmm. process and then they just leave like once mm-hmm. everything is once is, there was no like benefit for them or whatever yeah yeah and and i guess the negatives in that was that there was like a lot of promises a lot of promises were were made uh to my father and then not really Mm-hmm. Um, kept uh, there was disputes between um, certain parts of the organization uh, as we became uh, bigger uh, we did away with the with the CDs and we started having live bands mm-hmm. and um, in 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 a church structure uh, the pastor is 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 a big head uh, and so is the 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 director of music mm-hmm um and then once we had the ability to to have this director of music who did all the music and sometimes would co-pastor mm-hmm. that almost became 
um, I don't want to say a power struggle, but there was there was inner turmoil yeah. about the direction of the church. Yeah, some so. like politicization, if that's a word, politicism, politics. Yeah, let's just say politics. <laughs> <laughs> I do words for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah there was there was yeah. there was a lot of that and and that's mm. what I saw. Um so when it came time to decide um do I want to go to church today? Mm-hmm. Um and I was given the option. Mm-hmm. Um I I very timidly, you know, like like a dog who who's who's given a treat but uh, who who's, who they put like a treat in front of them and they say you can have it but you're not sure mm-hmm. you know the, the dog's not sure is like, this a trick yeah because or... yeah so for me it was like not to say that you know what <laughs> yeah at the time going to ch- not going to church was a treat because yeah. it was it was like your whole life yeah yeah and and it was more uh, a freedom. Okay, now you have the freedom to choose, and I, could, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part in in the development of mm-hmm. of someone, mm-hmm. of of one's um, ideas of their place in the church or in religion mm-hmm. or in their belief. Um, I, I I I do appreciate that there was an option, um, so I sustained. I didn't go, and. And then it would be, you know, I didn't go this Sunday, but I'd go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then I skip that one, and then I would just I wouldn't be going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think of everything else to do on a Sunday. Sundays became Sundays, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I again I think that's also another thing. Like all your life, Sunday is church, right? And then someone opens the door to your Sunday and there's nothing. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, let me do it. Right. Yeah. And I took it. Um, Cause you were also working a lot at the time, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I was, um, I was working, I think, um, full time. Uh, it's a small job. I don't remember where I was, but that, again, another one, you know, you want your weekends. You mm-hmm. work and you want your weekends off. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point when I was able to um, not go to church, I didn't really have any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, I was ready. I was ready to, to not go anymore. And then there was the responsibilities of, you know, being the music guy or sometimes helping with the kids. Right. Or... Um, you know, Sunday school, it, you know, it was a small, uh, small, um, little organization we had and the, everything was led by the Marino family. It was us. We did everything. Mm-hmm. But once, um, we started to, uh, I guess I think I passed the baton actually. You know what? I think I passed the baton to my younger brother. Mm-hmm. So he was doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he was still forced, again, because I think the, the age difference is, I think it's four years. Okay. So he had to go. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know, like, thinking about it, I had all all this put on a plate to, like, stay or mm-hmm. go. And 
and I left. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was it. I think after that time of continuously being involved in the church, mm-hmm. I'm saying not going to church. I mean, being involved in the church. Right. Um, it was over, and and it was I wasn't looking back. Yeah. You know, uh, I I still lived with my parents at the time, and there was no bad blood mm-hmm. and it was still a you know christian household yeah you know all right yeah <laughs> thanks for sharing all that um i just have two more quick things yes. for you so when is the last time you went to church uh so the last time i went to church mm-hmm. um i'd say a year and a half maybe two years ago mm-hmm. um i was going through some stuff and I was really, really, really sad. And uh, I think I had a day off. And I was just not feeling very happy. Um, as I, I can go as far as saying loved. I wasn't feeling loved. And, mm. and I... This, this was a Sunday. And I needed to go to church it was just it was just in my gut Mm -hmm. that I needed to go to church and not just go to church like I want to go to church and sing or I want to go to church and listen to the sermon or have someone pray for me it was I want to go to church and and feel loved Mm. because um just the memory of of being in church is is just love, you know, and despite, you know, everything that uh, past experiences, uh, you know, being a pastor's kid and seeing everything, but it's just loved by the congregation. You know, mm-hmm. I knew that if I went to a church, they'd be, they'd be doing their things, but I would feel accepted and not alone. Mm-hmm. And that someone would give me a hug, mm-hmm. and and I, like I had it played in my mind. Someone's gonna give me a hug. And I'm gonna break down and cry, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to this church by uh, by me, and then there was like the hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, they're about to start. And I went to the door, and it was locked. It was it was locked. I couldn't get into the church. It was locked. Yeah, it was Sunday. Sunday prime church hours. It was locked. <laughs> and it said that they were having a service. Yeah, yeah. They maybe maybe they went on a field trip. Or something. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't so go. you didn't actually go. No. Oh, <laughs> I didn't go. <laughs> that took a really unexpected um, turn. Yeah. Well, the 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 one thing that I did get a hug because I was I, when I was walking away from the church, there was this group of Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. And they were selling their books. You know how yeah. they, they set up. <clears throat> and I was walking, and they saw me like trying to get in the, the and they yell at me from across the street, and they're like, "Hey, come here, come here." So we, I go over, and they're like, hey, no, I don't, I don't think they're open today. And I was like, well, it's Sunday. <laughs> and, um, and then they're like, is everything okay? So we saw you walk by, mm-hmm. and you look distraught. 
Mm. And he's like, no, I just wanted to go to church. I was, and they, you know, try to evangelize me yeah, and yeah. started yeah. asking. I was like, grew up in the church. So they gave, gave me some, some, um, scriptures. Yeah. And, and the lady gives me a hug. Hmm. I say, well, I hope everything turns out for the better. Um, and then I went on my way. Hmm. Um, so I, I got a hug. I was, it felt nice. That's great. Jehovah's Witness. It's a great story. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. nice. Could you tell me one thing that's hard right now and one thing that's great? Not to not be corny or or to jump on someone else's answer. Okay. One thing that's hard right now, life. Mm. One thing that's great, life. Mm. Um because oh, Life, man. Jesus. (laughs) But also, I woke up today, and I was able to wake up, and I I had plans to come and do this, and Mm -hmm. and and I'm doing this, and and you, you're you, and you know, all of it. It's great. Yeah. But then it brings you down. But then it brings you up. It's it's again. On the cornier side, it's it's an interesting ride. Mm-hmm. But um, but no buts, no no buts. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Leave it at that. Great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Pablo, <laughs> thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, there we go. Thanks to Pablo again for being on the show. Huge shout out and thank you to Chad Rollinson for sound editing and theme music. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and take a minute to rate and review. And as always, if you're interested in being interviewed, or if you know someone who definitely should be on the show, head over to my website, marybsafrit.com and click on the contact me page. That's all for now. Catch you next time.